0: very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are now as players we got to execute. Every day I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. This is 49ers plus minus. Everybody Tim Kawakami here 49ers plus minus emergency new defensive coordinator episode with co-host Matt Barros uh four nights haven't announced it yet i'm sure there has been no official comment from them but news breaking early this morning Uh, i don't know was it even late last i don't even know but uh it was at some point in the dawn hours uh that four nights are going to promote nick Sorensen, the defensive coordinator from in-house and they're going to bring on brandon Staley, i guess as assistant head coach slash whatever uh kind of a combo compromise sort of thing barrow so What's your take on this kind of double slot defensive staff coordinator or head head coach hiring?
1: Yeah, I think you you nailed it. they're They're sort of getting the, uh, I'm sure they'll they'll spin it that they're getting the best of both worlds here, the guy they promote with it from within so that they can continue the system that they've been running all these years. You're not going to have the Steve Wilkes sort of hiccup with a, a newcomer uh, calling the shots. And Sorensen's interesting, and we can get into that in a little bit. Um, you and I talked about him uh, in our last podcast. I think we saw this coming, that he was going to be the hire. The, the curveball here is that they hired Staley as well, and Staley kind of brings in the new ideas. And I, and I think from a, a practical day-to-day perspective, you know, what's he going to do during practice? You had Wilkes and Sorensen working with the DBs in previous years, along with Daniel Bullock's. Wilkes is gone. Sorensen now has the uh, the DC job. So uh, my uh, my guess is that you know when you when you watch a 49ers practice, you're going to see Brandon Staley hanging out with the DBs uh, a lot, probably hanging out with the linebackers a lot. That's what his his background is as a linebackers coach. So he could be a guy that has uh, a couple of hats, which is what Sorensen's had in the past. I think that's what made him a attractive candidate to them he's done a little bit of everything in the past which has given him a better um sort of uh, zoomed out
0: view of how this defense works with relationships, right relationships with fred warner maybe even with a defensive line uh, do you feel like there's this is a guy that fred warner would say yeah hey this is the guy i want calling the signals on the sideline is that is that that close of a relationship
1: yeah, I mean, uh, when Johnny Holland was dealing with his health issue a couple of years ago, Sorensen was the day-to-day linebackers coach. Um, so he's worked really closely with Fred Warner. He's worked really closely with uh, Drake Greenlaw. Um, I've been making some phone calls today about uh, you know, his ex-coaches, uh, people who have worked with Sorensen in the past. He's not a rah-rah guy. Yeah. He's not D'Amico Ryan's. Um, he's a more kind of steady, um, dispassionate, s- smart and cerebral, um, but uh, he's not going to be the guy that, that's chest bumping Dre Greenlaw coming off the field after a sack. That's just not who he is. Um, what he is is a guy, like I said, um, I think the, the Johnny Holland uh, scenario is a, a perfect case in point about who Sorensen is the 49ers needed somebody to coach linebackers like hmm. uh, on short notice. And uh, the guy that they turned to was Nick Sorensen because he's smart enough, experienced enough to do that. He played uh, linebacker at, at Virginia tech, for example, I'll give you an- another example. Um, in 2021, he was an assistant defensive coach with the Jaguars. All of a sudden the Jaguars had to find a new special teams coordinator. Uh, because uh, Brian Schneider, who's now the 49ers coordinator, left abruptly, middle of the season. Uh, and so who did they tap for that role? Nick Sorensen. And um, he'd never done it before. He, he'd been a, uh, an assistant coach back in Seattle maybe about 10 years earlier on the special teams side of things. But my point is that this is the guy that people have a lot of trust in to um, you know, fill in where, when needed. And, um, you know, he's never been a D.C. before, but that's that's sort of why the 49ers feel like he's he's the right choice for this job.
0: I, you know, again, it's maybe it's uh, me saying this, but I'm the one who kept throwing out Jeff Ulbrich's name. It does feel like Olbrick would have fit that you could hire one person for that job. It would have been Jeff Ulbrich. Uh, and they don't get them, and they you know they want the next D'Amico Ryan, Steve Wilkes didn't work, so they got to hire two people. I kind of feel like eh, we're not quite sure on either one of them. And I'm pretty sure they did not want Brandon Staley doing weekly press conferences and calling the plays and being on the sideline. So they kind of halved it with both, maybe. And like you, let's get two guys and maybe one of them together w- would be the guy. Uh, is that too critical a look at this? Like they, they did hire two guys and they had one guy there before.
1: Well, I don't think there's any question that Jeff Ulbricht would have been the perfect candidate and that they that they looked at Ulbricht and that they were told, uh, no, you cannot have Ulbricht. I heard it. This is hearsay. And I don't even know whether he said this in jest or whether it was serious. But apparently Robert Solis said, hey, if I give you Jeff Ulbricht, I want a first and a second round pick <laughs> in return. Wow. I mean yeah. I mean it was a, uh, a a silly scenario. It was never going to happen. I do think that the 49ers looked at it because, as you said, um, perfect in so many ways uh, could come in, could could be a leader, uh, has done it before. you know he checked every box. It's from' the, it's from the South Bay, yeah. played for the 49ers. It was a great picture of Ulbrich. Uh, being one of the guys who's carrying uh, uh, Bryant Young off the field after mm-hmm. Young set the, uh, the, the franchise's sack record. I forget what year it was, 2008, let's call it. Um, but, you know, he, he was around for a decade and uh, was a favorite of the coaches. So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, and, and I don't think there's any sort of defense for that. Um, they didn't get the, the ideal, you know, uh, pie-in-the-sky candidate. Um, and, and this is sort of the, uh, the plan B approach. But, um, you know, you, you can see the logic behind it. Um, I think that Staley will probably have some roles, almost like Sorensen had uh, in previous seasons. Sorensen ran, for example, the, uh, the takeaway meeting that they have every week. I can see Brandon Staley having like a uh, carving out a role or a meeting per week where he talks about something very specific, um, you know, either to that week's game plan or to something uh, in general, like like takeaways.
0: Yeah, and you can and you could see Staley almost having kind of a larger picture role as just someone who can talk to Kyle Shanahan, former coach. You know, probably got along with Kyle when they talked. You know, like thoughtful guy. He's been on McVeigh's staff. Uh, has gone up against this offense, you know, kind of Shanahan wants to pick his brain a little bit is not stuck in a, you know, a linebackers meeting every time like he can walk around a little bit. He can sit in Kyle's office. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest Brandon Staley fan in the whole world, but he's a smart guy. Uh, I think he proved he was a really good coordinator in one year of doing it uh, with the Rams. Uh, but kind of you know, kind of like a guy that Kyle can bounce things off of, and maybe have his own things. So now I think Staley has too many of his own things. I don't love his own things, and I really don't think they wanted him doing press conferences. I, I, I want to underline they. That's why I didn't think it was going to be Staley to be DC because they just didn't want that guy talking and, and publicly. And and Shanahan's very aware of this stuff like he knew when he put Mike McDaniel out there I've asked him like did you know he was going to become a sensation he goes hell yeah absolutely I didn't think it was going to be quite like that but I knew it was going to be something that people would be, be attracted to there would be focus on him because he's so interesting then what did not want the same thing with Staley you could go on down the line on some of the other candidates I don't think he wanted a Mike Vrabel thing every everyone oh my god Mike Vrabel time let's talk to him you know he didn't want that um but Staley could be in there right I mean I think Kyle will be, and I think John Lynch would really be attracted to like You know, have a, somebody who's got his thing and, you know, would kind of be able to push back on Kyle a little bit. Um, I don't know that Shanahan is always looking for that, but I can see he could see the value in that, barrels.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the idea of, of new ideas and how do you evolve this defense. And um, Lynch had a great example, which was the, you know, implementation of the wide nine back in, I forget what it was, 2020. I yeah. forget when, maybe, maybe the year before 2019. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's not something that Robert Saul wanted. It, it that didn't fit what uh, you know, the, the 49ers had done in the past, what the Seahawks had done in the past. Uh, but they figured out a way to marry that with this defense, make it unique and, and make it effective. It was very effective in 2019 um, it hasn't been quite as effective since then because they haven't been able to find a second defensive end. That's 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 for another topic. Tim, we'll, we'll go into uh, the, the draft in coming weeks and things like that. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's another brain in the building. I think Nick Sorensen is going to enjoy having that as well. I mean, from from talking to people, I think he's somebody that really kind of enjoys the, the X's and O's part of it, the scheming wants to know the whys, all that stuff. So um, I think that, that that's going to end up being part of the the 49ers uh, spiel on this when they when they finally talk to us about why they made the move. Um, I think that they they not only like the uh, Brandon Staley Shanahan um, duo, but I think that the the Staley Sorensen uh, also uh, promises to work well.
0: You got to imagine Sorensen down on the field. Staley up top. I mean, he's yeah. got figures that, that that would be it. I don't think they're going to want Staley around the defensive line very much. And I just might be me. <laughs> just to, I just don't see that. I don't like. You uh, think, think that, that Nick
1: Bose is going to pick a fight with him at some yeah, point? Just I like, just think like, he's like, going to pull out gonna, like wall on the field.
0: He's just going to say, "You go, do, do your thing. I don't. Ha- I'm not listening to this stuff. I'm going to listen to Chris Cossary. Uh I think that's how it's going to work. That's how it should work. Uh, and then work within that. It's another reason why I think Staley was going to be the DC again. It's like. He's got his thing that he does with defense linemen. It's not a Bosa sort of thing, as Joey Bosa ha- will probably tell you. And uh, I don't think Nick would, would have been too in tune with, like, let's change up some things for you, Nick, because Brandon Staley says you should. Um, but I do think this is a little bit of a sign that, you know, maybe they were all brick once they fired Wilkes. But if you didn't know you could get him, you couldn't, like, you didn't fire Wilkes knowing you had somebody. I, I think you. He maybe needed to do that. We'll see. Maybe he knew Sorensen could do it and that's always was in his back pocket. Do you get a sense though that like they did not really have a 1A candidate? Knowing that they couldn't hire Bradley or Gus Bradley, who was a the Colts defensive coordinator, Seattle system guy, or Oldbrook if the teams wouldn't let them. So you think Shanahan just kind of fired Wilkes and like, okay, let's see. They didn't really have a tight plan about what he was gonna do.
1: Yeah, I I think I mentioned this last time. It's sort of the, the Mac Jones situation. You 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 know, um, worst case scenario that you're going to end up with, with Nick Sorensen. I think that, that, that's somebody that they, they knew all along that they could promote, uh, into that role. And, uh, I mean, Diana Rossini reported the other day that they, uh, it, they made a play for a Steve Spagnuolo. Yep. Uh, Spags was kind of redoing his contract with the chiefs that was dragging on a bit. And so the 49ers said, Hey, you know, what, what's, what's the deal here? Do we have a shot? At bringing in, um, you know, the guy that just thwarted us in in the Super Bowl. So I mean, it was a a, a, a no lose situation with Ulbrich with Spagnuolo. Uh, Mike Silver today wrote that there was a, a, a Bill Belichick uh, inquiry even made. I mean, why not? I mean, what do you, what do you have to lose? You're you're not. There was no race against the clock here. Um, they weren't competing with other teams for. Uh, candidates. So, you know, I, I think it was 16 day process, a long time for, to, to hire a, uh, a DC, they kicked the tires on, you know, their ideal candidates, nothing came loose. And so they ended up with, uh, you know, uh, the guy that they thought that they had on the line all along and, and, and Nick Sorensen. So, I mean, I had no idea whether Sorenson is going to be a great defensive coordinator. I think it's going to be different than what they've had in the past for sure. Um, and um, you know, um, it, it, it didn't work out with, uh, with Steve Wilkes and, and we've gone over the reasons why Sorensen in a lot of ways is, is the opposite. He's the in-house guy. He knows how it works. He's uh, he's worked with this different defense from the inside out uh, over the last uh, few seasons. So, um you know it, it it'll be uh it'll be interesting to watch it'll be interesting to watch practices to mm-hmm. see where Staley goes to see where Sorensen goes uh to see if if uh, as you alluded to Staley sidles up to uh Kyle Shanahan at at different points um that'll be a kind of a, a fascinating sort of subplot to watch during these practices
0: I'll tell you what though if there's a week five by and they're you know they've had or week eight by let's say and they've had some struggles on defense uh the the move won't be to m- change where Sorensen stands right it'll be where when brandon staley becomes defensive coordinator like they've got one b sitting right there and there's a, t- another layer to this right we know this there's a good chance that the jet staff is fired at the end of next season or even you know before the end of the season and they've got let's see, Robert Sala and Jeff Olbert could be available. It just feels like this is kind of like a, not a hedge bet, but this is like not the all in. This is kind of like, this is kind of, uh, you know, let's see how this goes. And then we've got a lot of options after this one. Maybe that's unfair to Nick Sorensen. Maybe there's something there, the dynamic thing that we'll see, but it does feel like they've kind of got five bets out there and they're just waiting to see which one comes in.
1: Yeah, it's like um, you're at a restaurant and there's a, a menu and all these sort of um, exotic dishes and and you just decide to go with you know the, the, the chicken parm because it's the the, the safe uh, the safe bet you know what you're getting. Um, yeah, the, the Jets situation is interesting. I was talking to you know some of the Jets writers at the combine. and I said, well, okay, well, what what if Solid does get fired mid season? Would would Ulbricht become the the interim head coach and therefore would he have a shot at becoming the Jets permanent coach in 2025. And and they all thought that um and, and I'm not familiar with it, but that the uh the special teams coach there would probably be the natural fit hmm. to take over as the uh as the interim guy. So um yeah that scenario where uh both uh both Sala and Olbrick are available at the end of the season is, is, is very much in play.
0: Any uh, other tidbits from the end of the combo, oh, You're back here now, but they're, they're doing their workouts. Any other buzz, no nope, notebook stuff from Matt Barrows from Indianapolis?
1: Yeah, I put it all out in a, in a story during the week. I mean, um, I think we talked about this. There was, you know, more kind of emphasis on re-signing Brandon Ayuk and also re-signing Jawan Jennings. And, and to me, that that's almost the more interesting one because, There's a uh, there's a clock on that one. Um, They have to put a tender on him before free agency starts if they're not able to resign him. And and I imagine them knowing that Jennings was going to be a restricted free agent throughout the season, that this has been broached before with with the agent. Let's get a long term deal done. Um, You know, sometimes you can get a uh, sort of a sweetheart deal done that they got one with Drake Greenlaw, for example, um, a couple of years ago. Um, but it, usually when you get this close to the start of free agency, the agent wants to see what, what the market's like, wants to see what he can get from, from that.
0: Yeah, there's no more risk. There's no more risk, right? There's no more injury risk. So, right. you know, going to market, the, the, it's, it's the injury risk that causes these guys to sign, and you can't blame them, uh, But which is what I would put in the Brandon IUK thing is, like, would you expect him to play if the 49ers do not give him a new deal? He does have one more year left on his contract, I would not expect him to show up for camp, at least for the first part of camp, if there's no deal. How about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be like Nick Bosa was uh, th- this last year. I mean, it's the same scenario. He's uh, he's playing on his fifth year option. Um, Bosa didn't show up, and, and the 49ers didn't, didn't find him. Um, they do accumulate fines uh, for, for skipping camp, and um, you know it, it's just going to be what the, what the team's posture is, but boy, they, they certainly set a precedent uh, this last year with, with Bosa and, and, being very kind of acquiescent to him. He didn't, didn't come to any of the, the yes. spring stuff, didn't show up at the beginning of training camp, this, that, and the other, they didn't find him. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. We know that he's working out on his own, all that stuff. And, and then he finally showed up, uh, just before the start of the season, um, I personally don't think that it really affected his season very much. Um, and I think Brandon Ayuk is the, has been the same way in terms of his off-season preparation. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because it, it's hard to see the 49ers strong-arming him in that way after they basically went noodle-arm with uh, Nick <laughs> Bosa the, <laughs> the year before.
0: Noodle-arm, way to go. Uh, yeah, and you know, it, it you're going into an offseason for the first time with Brock Purdy healthy and your starting quarterback, and and I don't know OTAs can be overrated. We're there covering them, and we have to assign some value to them. I think there's some like you know you would want him working with Brandon Ayuk as much as possible. I don't think he's going to be because I think Ayuk will be missing those sessions. Might come to minicamp. I think Debo didn't Debo go to minicamp when he was yeah, in the contract he was there he yeah, didn't stand, take stand part, around but he yeah, showed stand up stand around yeah. go through the meetings um you know i, I you know what, what you don't want to do is get hurt in a mini camp when you're you know trying to negotiate contract and that, and i totally understand that i just don't see brandon are you going yeah you know what let me go in and play for my fifth year because but you know other guys didn't have to but i will i, I don't see that happening um the other flip side is though uh, you know we always go that teams like speed i don't know that he's gonna get these monster offers from some other team like i don't know that they're going to give him the Tyreek Hill deal. I don't think and I don't think they will. I don't think he's going to. DeVonte Adams is not a speed guy either, but he has just a monster production uh, and he got it from the Raiders, right? He couldn't get it from anywhere else. He got it from the Raiders. I just don't know that some teams going to go, "You know what? Let's give up a top 15 pick, top 12 pick for Brandon Ayuk and knowing we're going to have to pay him 25 million a year." The team that's most willing in my mind to pay him 22, 24 Million years, four niners, like that's the team. So they would do that, and without having to give up a first-round pick, I just see a deal there. I don't know when it's going to happen. It's always crazy that it has to go to the last, very last moment, or into into the into training camp. But that's when teams and, and players make deals and agents. Um, I can't. I, I agree. I, I don't know that he's. I can't see him signing. I can't see him playing on his fifth year. Just play that because of the injury risk. What if he gets hurt playing in his fifth year? Uh, and then what do they do and it's a high cap number they they could reduce it by giving him a long-term contract all those things make me think this will happen obviously there could be sweat and trade demands or trade requests or whatever else could happen I I just don't see that moving around I did see uh, today Tyron Smith was released by the Cowboys left tackle very talented one's been hurt a ton Uh, we keep talking tackle for the 49ers I think we said last week I, I did not see it a free agent tackle out there that I really think could upgrade the Four Niners. Well, this is one if he can play right tackle, and he's definitely a potential replacement for for Trent. Well, now he's not much younger than Trent Williams, so maybe that's he's 33. But do you see the Four Niners taking a swing? I think they're gonna take a swing at somebody, Barros. So I really do. Uh I was thinking pass rusher, because I think there's tackles in the draft, but could you see them taking a swing at somebody like Tyron Smith?
1: I mean, even Tyron Smith, who's, as you noted, has been injured a lot uh, in, in recent seasons. He's in his mid-30s. He's still going to command. Uh, you know, David and I are working on our, um, you know, build your own roster project mm-hmm. that we do every year where fans can come in and, and basically map out what the 49ers, um, you know, off season looks like, who they add. You just have to be under the cap. Um, even someone like him, we're talking 10 to $12 million contract. Um, and, um, he, he's sort of on the lower end of, you know, let's say the the top five tackles who are going to be available. And I'm with you. None of, none of those tackles certainly jumps out to me, um, as a household name. He, he, he's, he's the most prominent of the group, but some of these younger guys, guys who are just finishing up their, their rookie contracts, guys who pretty much have struggled up until, you know, the last uh, season. And and in that case, they were merely adequate. You know, we're talking $15, $16 million a year. I mean, that's how um, rare that position is. So, I mean, it's hard for me to see them doing that just given what their track record has been like at offensive line and tackle. I mean, we're, we're willing to spend, you know, a lot of money on a center, we're willing to spend a lot of money on a left tackle, but that's it. I mean, the other three spots, we're going to go budget. Um, and we saw that with Mike McGlinchey. I mean, they, they were not even willing to have that conversation with Mike McGlinchey. And not all, not, not many people were satisfied with, with Mike McGlinchey fan-wise. Um, so, I mean, I I my guess would be that the 49ers watched uh, Colton McKivitz and said, "You know what? That's pretty good. We're, we're going to be okay with that." Um, you know, the the bigger question to me is, you know, uh, Trent Williams has said he's coming back for this 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 season. He wants to get that twelfth uh, Pro Bowl, which would distinguish him from Orlando Pace and from Anthony Munoz and all the other elite left tackles uh, throughout history what happens if he gets that number 12? I mean, is, is that it? I mean, is, mm-hmm. is he playing for that? And then he steps away from the game. He's, he's definitely talked about retirement. It's on his mind. When is the right time for him to go? If you do that, then gee, um, you got nobody in the pipeline. Um, you, you're going to be paying all this money to um, uh, Brock Purdy. You, you, you need to, you need to protect that investment. So um, I think that the draft is probably where they're going to try to go. It's, it's a good tackle draft, um, but, you know, pick number 31, I mean, you can easily see the, the top five tackles in this draft going well before then, in which case they would have to kind of move up and, and target a guy. And I think there are guys that, that fit the mold, um, but I, I think that that, That's a, I don't know if that's the likeliest scenario, but that's one scenario that they're looking at. Going out, targeting a tackle, um, using their 11 picks to go find that guy who maybe comes in at right tackle as a rookie, but definitely um, succeeds Trent Williams when Williams finally decides to hang up the cleats.
0: How good a move was it to, Staley's gonna retire? They kind of keep that quiet and they made the trade for Trent Williams at the draft. That's just an amazing. I mean, that's a previous relationship with Kyle. That's the 49ers willing to pay up. Uh well, who was was it the Chiefs that was in there? Was it the right I can't remember for that trade. Who were there? I know the Chiefs were gonna sign them and trying to sign them the next offseason, but they're like giving up a non first round pick. To go from Staley to Trent Williams. That is unbelievable move. I mean, that was an all time move. And it's like, it just makes it harder to think how they're going to replace him. Like, you're that kind of move is not going to mean Laramie Tunzel is not coming to you for a second, what, third and fifth or whatever it was they got for Trent. They, they moved for Trent Williams. All time Shanahan, uh, John Lynch move. All time.
1: And they used Washington's dysfunction. I mean, um, yep. Yep. You talk about someone who dealt with that dysfunction, Kyle Shanahan, um, no love lost for Daniel Snyder. And then uh, Trent Williams has even more animus against that team and and, and they reunite in, uh, in Washington. So yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, at, at some point that that's, that's the, the challenge that a good team like the 49ers have, you're always picking at the end of the first round. There's never an opportunity to kind of bring in, that um that linchpin tackle anymore um and, and and maybe they they whiffed when they had that chance back in 18 with Mike McGlinchey um that would have been the opportunity to do that to find um Trent Williams heir at that point or or an heir to to, to be the left tackle um, but yeah I, th- I think you have to bite the bullet at some point and do that just the, the way that they did it for quarterback uh, yep. Or try to do it for quarterback in twenty twenty one. Okay. We know we have to have a rookie quarterback. Let's just put all our eggs in the, in this basket and uh let's just bite the bullet and get him. Um and they failed to do that. <laughs> they were bailed out in the seventh round the next year, but um that may be what the forty ers are trying to do. This guy I keep talking about, Tyler Guyton, yep. played in Oklahoma. Um Trent Williams played at Oklahoma. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons that makes sense. Um, he could come in. You wouldn't even have to be the starter in year one. He could learn from Trent Williams and then eventually take over for Trent Williams.
0: It looks very athletic. looks rangy. Yeah, he looks like someone who could do that. Uh, part of that Trey Lance thing was they were at 12, right? And they, they just thought, we're not going to be at 12 again, which gives us an easier leverage into the top of the draft. You're sitting at 31. It's almost impossible to get in the top. You know, it is. I mean, we saw how hard it was to get from 12 to three. Can you imagine how hard it is to get from 31 to like six? It would be four first-round picks, whatever it would be. Uh, but I would, if I was them, I would not be against giving up to next year's one to go get to t- If I know I can get the tackle, I want you better know it. Like you can't. The the pro, as I've said, the, the problem with the train Lance thing is they went up there without knowing for sure who they were going to get. And you kind of got to know you. There's a guy there. I guess it was Mac Jones, but we know that was the wrong decision, and it was a wrong decision. by the fact that they didn't take him. Uh, but if you really are in love with the tackle, I would. I could give up two number ones to go get him because it would fit fix so many different things as i've said it would fix like three positions right tackle move mckivis the right guard that's two that's a right side of the offensive line and then he's your guy potentially obviously the leading candidate to replace trent williams down the road that's pretty that's worth two number ones barrows that's worth. that might be worth two number ones and two uh, if you have the right guy you better get the right guy right you better know it's the right guy but and we know they're really good at <laughs> trading tons of picks and getting the right guy but it, this team without Trent Williams, I don't know. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they do. And I f- would think they're starting to think about that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, but who wants to trade with the 49ers knowing that they're keeping the gang together. There's a great chance that they're going to be picking in the early thirties.
0: Yeah. 20- yeah, you know, like come on. We're going to do
1: terrible. What I would want. What yeah. I would want is the 49ers 2026 20, first round pick because that, that pick might be higher than the 25 pick because I kind of see uh, twenty, you know, post twenty twenty four season um, being sort of like the twenty fourteen season, mm-hmm. where you just see a lot of guys go, um, a lot of guys retiring, a lot of uh, the forty nine ers shedding a lot of uh, big salaries. That that might be the pivot year for the forty nine ers. I would want the forty nine ers draft pick the year after that.
0: It's interesting. You know, they could, yeah, that could be Trent Williams. It could be Debo Samuel. I've already speculated that Armstead might have to redo his deal this offseason or he might get cut. Like, yeah, that, that's when these 28, 29, 30 year olds, you could, you know, hard grave, you know, could they move off of that contract? Uh, he, he will not be young. Uh, I don't think they plan on stinking, but yeah, that's. The year things could turn a little bit, and they're going to need. That's another reason why you keep Ayuk because he's one guy you, who would be getting better at that point still. Yeah, mid twenties
1: guy. Yeah, like yeah, if
0: you move off of Ayuk and then you move off of those guys, who do you have left? Uh, you know, who's their stars in their twenties? You got
1: Bosa, you got yeah. Fred Warner, you've got Ayuk. And that's that's the core right yeah, there. And that's, and that's good. I mean, you can build around that for sure. But what what you're saying underscores the importance of this draft. Um, because you probably do have to, um, replace Debo. You probably do have to replace Trent Williams. You probably do have to replace Eric Armstead. No, by the way, Javon Hargrave is the same age as, as Armstead is. Mm -hmm. So your two starting defensive tackles are in their early thirties. Um, I mean, that that's the, the counter argument to pushing all your chips in and, and getting that left tackle. Because it would be nice to have a, a good wide receiver in the pipeline. It would be good to have an, uh, a, a defensive tackle. It's is a good defensive tackle draft in the pipeline. By the way, they have no defensive ends besides Nick, Nick Bosa. Drake Jackson has not been good. Um, Robert Beal, I mean, I, I can't remember a play that Robert Beal Jr. made um, all season long. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but you certainly can't rely on him. Um, so th- these are all spots that boy, you could, you could use a, uh, a good guy, a good young guy in the pipeline. It's a good draft. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. They have options, but they have, they
0: have a lot of business that they need to take care of. Could they trade anybody, Baros? Is there a, I mean, we talked maybe cuts, but like, is there somebody they can trade to get a second or a third round pick back? Trade uh, Brock Purdy, you could get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so not yeah, the it's still set up his, deal. Um, <laughs> set up the you know, basically, there.
1: no. I mean, um, yeah, people, Brock, you got me there. Brock <laughs> um, Debo Samuel, you know, you trade Debo Samuel and you incur th- th- this huge no, no, just, uh, yeah. cap hit. Um, you know, that, that's what happens when you keep kind of redoing these deals over and over again. You, you make these guys uncuttable, you also make them untradeable. Um, so I, you know, I I don't think so. I mean, you I, I would be, as you said, I mean, guys in their mid twenties. That's who you would want. That's what could fetch a, uh, a uh, a king's ransom of, of draft picks. But that's what that's what you see bad teams doing. This, this is a team that thinks that it can win the Super Bowl, so they're going to keep those guys together as long as they can.
0: All right, pal, so you already got me thinking about the big uh, tear it up uh, podcast we're going to do at the end of next season. So uh, a, a long, long tease for that one. The the 49ers redo when all these players are gone and retire, quit. And Barris and I will keep going, though. We're going to keep going with it. Well, I don't know. Maybe you will. M- m- maybe I won't. But we'll see how it is. And I'm, I might be a salary cap cut by that point. <laughs>
1: so we'll see, we'll see, <laughs> maybe see maybe we'll use. both retire. Yeah, we'll have a, <laughs> we'll have a dual press conference. <laughs>
0: oh man the controversy that will that will come through how can they be replaced how can they possibly be replaced? all right barrels we've ended this on a dark note but uh that's okay things are things are always in flux we will we'll, we'll keep our finger on it for as long as we're both employed
1: all right sounds good we'll do our uh our big draft uh press conference oh we got free agency press uh podcast to do at some
0: point that's right that's right we'll do that, that. We'll do that next week, maybe, or the week after. Who knows? We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, what we're we'll summer.
1: do is we'll, uh, we'll make you do the build your roster um, <laughs> I, I stay exercise, out of that one. and then yeah. you can discuss how you, Tim Kalakami, have built the Forty ers for twenty twenty four.
0: Much more will be going over Barosas because I don't get into those kind of <laughs> sheets. I kind of I read them. I'm not doing them. I, I kind of know the general way to do this. I'm not going to go through the. I, I'm not one of those guys, but. Uh, you will do it, and we'll talk about it. It'll be fascinating. All right, Bows. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Go for you